Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Okay, welcome back to the show, guys. Kelowna Real Estate Podcast coming to you live. Well, it's not live, I guess. <laughs> If you're listening to it. <laughs> this whole time we've been live? <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, I got to say, I love your stash. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's November. I've got a mustache. <laughs> are you raising money for it? I'm so. not, but we are raising money. I mean, this is a current question of ours for Tis the Season and talking about charities. So we are doing our annual Christmas party, raising money for local families. So anyways, I just avoided your question about the mustache. No. <laughs> I just do it because I, I love mustaches. The whole time, microphone was in front of the stash, so it was like hidden the whole time. They're, yeah, the people are not going to be able to enjoy it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I got to get it out there for the fans to enjoy. It's awesome. I've been seeing some actually really nice stashes. Yeah, yours, yours counts, honestly. Thank you. So appreciate it. I feel like I'm kind of missing the boat here. Hey, I've got a razor. We could do this right now. We could do this live, <laughs> a live stream. We need to get Dina back on to set her cameras up. <laughs> Hey guys, if you have been enjoying the show or my mustache, we don't ask for this ever, but we did think it'd be great if we could get some reviews on whatever platform you guys are listening on, Spotify, Apple, Google, et cetera. Yeah, that'd be um, awesome. Just a five star, you know, saying you like Matt's laugh or something like that <laughs> would be great. That goes without saying, dude. Yeah. yeah. And obviously share it with friends. You know, we are gaining a ton of momentum, but yeah, we want to see that yeah. carry on to the new year. So yeah. Yeah, that would help us out a lot. Yeah. Our producer said if we didn't reach a million views, then she'd be cutting us. So <laughs> yeah, we got to get going. Today, we interview Michael from Duval Property Management. They, I think this episode's coming out like the day Big White opens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was planned. Yeah, Speaking of plans, us. yeah, we speak a lot about the Big White official plan moving forward. And oh, yeah, the rental market. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So if you do want to chat to somebody that's knowledgeable about the industry up there, short-term rental market, certain properties, yeah. Reach out to his team. They're awesome. I just want to ask you, Taylor, about this, uh, the interest rates, fixed rates coming down a bit. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? They're at zero free money for everyone. <laughs> yeah. So we have seen over the past almost four weeks now, the bond market has been like steadily coming down, yeah. down, down. Usually the bond markets, what we call like the smart money. So fixed rates follow that. We haven't been seeing fixed rates fall as aggressively as the bond market. So what happened in the spring with the American banking system, when that kind of crashed, then the bond market in Canada did as well. And fixed rates like plummeted instantly, basically. Yeah. Right now, they're more stabilized. That's probably a good thing in terms of rates. If they do come down, will probably stay a little bit lower. Instead of in the spring, it was just a blip. It came down and it bounced back up. So we have seen a lot of lenders over the last week or two reduce them slightly. I think there's still quite a bit of room for them to go. And usually when fixed rates come down, that's the indicator that variable will potentially come down as well. So I don't want to be like being an optimistic that, person about this. Because aren't they based on different things? They are slightly, but it's still like based on like it's driven from the economy. And yeah, like the Bank of Canada is mandated to try and curb inflation, but they've also just come out recently to say, okay, we may not change the field goal in terms of they still want to get to that 2%. But as long as now that they're trending towards the 2%, they may look at softening 
their interest rate policy. And I think they're doing that because they also feel that people are getting slightly complacent with where interest rates are now and people are okay with this inflationary market. So if they continue to rise interest rates or keep them high, then everyone's monthly budget is still high and we're kind of chasing our tail with inflation. So there are a lot of economists that are predicting April 2024 and May 2024 is when we will see the first rate cut. But all those guys have been wrong for the last 18 months. So who knows? Well, what do you think? So if you take advantage of a lower fixed rate right now, are you going to miss the boat when the variable come down? Or like how do you? Potentially. But to be honest, variable, like say a five-year fix and the discount on prime, like the variable, they're starting to get closer. Like the discount on prime is starting to come back. Okay. So maybe five, six months ago, you know, it was prime minus, let's say 0.2 for a certain type of purchase, like a non-insured, like 20% down or more. Now you're starting to see that, you know, prime minus 0.4. So the discount's coming back a little bit more. So it's slightly more competitive. So I have had a couple clients recently that are like, you know what? I feel that rates are going to come down still. I'll go with a variable for the next year. And then, you know, if I think fixed rates are down low enough, then I'll switch into that fixed. Yeah. It's kind of case by case still, but yeah. 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 Interesting. Interesting times ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, enjoy the show guys. And yeah, thanks in advance for the reviews. Really appreciate them. Yeah. Thank you all. Okay. Welcome to the show, Michael. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. We like to start our show. Just you connecting with our listener. Just tell us about your perfect Friday and yeah, what kind of things do you do the work-wise leading into the weekend? That's fun. Well, I'm just going to keep this big white sort of focused, I guess. Uh, probably starting perfect Friday would be hitting the slopes on a powder day let's say ski or snowboard snowboard yeah, yeah nice yeah probably getting out early doing a couple laps at least and then coming in and getting some work done that i have to and where's the go-to chair for a powder day actually maybe i don't want you telling yeah, people the room yeah saying. i've been up there a fair amount i know the good spots so yeah i'll keep that private right. <laughs> and then um uh, i mean you're running around doing some management tasks up there in the afternoon or? Yeah, I do some, most of my work is generally on the computer at home, needed to go somewhere sometimes, but most of the time it's at home. So I get that benefit of if I don't book any meetings in the morning, I can go and get some stuff done and yeah. you know, have some fun and then come back and get some work done and go wherever I need to in the afternoon. Cool. And you're living up there right now, right? Yeah. yeah. And so in the winters, I live up there generally because I feel like if we're providing that kind of service of property management up there, we should have someone on that. Yeah. So I, I volunteered. <laughs> yeah. So is your company mostly in big white? I know you do Kelowna too, but no, I'd say we're a bit half and half right now. In terms okay. Of portfolio. We're growing substantially this year. We've seen a lot of growth up in big white, yeah. but also down in Kelowna for long-term property management as well. Yeah. So like talk about the topic of the day, you probably, your business taking a hit with the short-term rental thing. Do you think more people are going to go to big white because of that? Or what do you think? I think so. It's one of those areas. I mean, it's so much uncertainty right now, but it's one of those areas that people can for sure go to knowing that there won't be so much play for government to be a role in. Yeah. So I think so. And you've seen that just in the growth of how many Airbnbs and STRs are really up there. You know, last year there was about approximately 400 or so just checked this morning actually, and we're sitting at around 600. Wow, yeah. what, so, really? Yeah, so I don't know, you know, 
the growth, was it all this year or maybe it's definitely not new homes, but you're seeing a lot of people pretty much 2020 post for the COVID boom. That's when people sold Airbnb investors came in and just that market has exploded up there. Yeah. And I think probably what's happening down in Kelowna or eventually is going to increase the numbers of big white. I'm interested to see like if the extra 200 units came on because of maybe people are in more of a financial stress position. Oh, right? using them themselves. Maybe they bought, you know, three or four years ago and they're just using it as a vacation property as a lot do. And, you know, rates have gone up or their budget's kind of out of whack a little bit. And they thought, well, we either need to sell it or we need to recoup some cash. Like yeah. just seems crazy that, you know, 200 units came on when they only had 400 last year. Like yeah, yeah, it seems like huge growth. Four, somewhere in the 400. Yeah. But yeah, I think honestly, in terms of big white or resort style property like that, the benefit of short-term rental is that people get to use it recreationally and still, you know, try to make some money on it. Where if they went full long-term, they're not seeing it for the whole season. And, yeah. you know, if you're purchasing up there, yeah, you sort of want to use it. You're obviously someone that likes to go skiing or go riding and you're going to want to use it. So there's also a battle there where, you know, staff are struggling to find places up there. Yeah. So how lucrative is the market in the summer, big white for STRs? For short term? Yeah. We've tried that in previous yeah. summers and it didn't go very well. We saw like just last year, we had a two bed, two bath condo, probably saw. And this was in the heart of the village, which is, you know, a pretty big. The easiest sell. Yeah. And uh, we only saw about four bookings in the summer and it was just, you know, we tried, but you just can't compete. There's so much supply and people drop their prices drastically yeah. and you just, it doesn't make sense yet, but I know big white, I can see down the road, big white can become a lot better in that aspect. When the golf courses come online. When the golf courses come <laughs> online. I mean, 2017 was when the bike park started. So yeah. Is that it? It's yeah. It's pretty new. Yeah. Wow. Silver Star is super established. Yeah. Sun Peak super established. Whistler. Like, so those are three competitors that big white's probably looking at in the summer and thinking, okay, there's a lot of room to grow here. And yeah. you see it. Like I've been to Sun Peaks in the summer. I've been to all three of those in the summer. I actually haven't been to Whistler in the winter. Like summer, I've heard Whistler's even busier. So yeah, there's room to grow. But currently, no, it's not very valuable to be renting in the summer there. So, I mean, speaking about that, have the master plan on our shared screen here. Looks incredible. Obviously, you don't know like the full details for timeframes and stuff. But yeah, we were talking about this off air. It is impressive. Like it's ambitious. Seen this? It is it. ambitious. This is like doubling the size of the mountain. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, what they have like another five or six chairs going in. It's gonna be. I forget the increase, but I think in total it's gonna be around thirty-seven ski lifts. In wow, total. that's the most plan is thirty-seven ski lifts. I mean, that's got to be the biggest ski mountain in Canada. That's a good question. I didn't look into what the comparables <laughs> yeah. would be. To Let's just make up a number. Yeah. Thirty-seven. That's <laughs> insane. I mean, like I've skied Whistler. I don't feel they have that many. Yeah, I mean, just in this area. So, what? Yeah, like, Revelstoke have. Do they have a lot? No, no. Revelstoke's really young now. Okay. But there's room to grow there. But Kelowna, there's a lot of pros to Big White being where it is. It's very much alone. You know, if you look at the geography of it, it's one big mountain in the middle of it, nowhere. Like if you look at Revy, there's mountains everywhere. It's yeah, a big mountain range. Yeah, Kelowna is just a one and you know it's flat not not flat but yeah. that's the only mountain around and you know we're close to the airport that's major major yeah. factor we're only an hour away you look at revy you gotta fly into you know either Kelowna yeah. or where was 
Calgary or Kamloops. Yeah, Kelowna is your best bet. But... your best bet. So you know, there's that risk factor there where Kelowna, we're still super close to Kelowna, so we have that room to bring in all these international visitors. And do you know how many more residential units they're putting on they, in this plan? Now, in the report, which came out October 2020, so late 2020, they don't have it per units or per houses. It's per bed units. Oh. So bed units are considered each room with a unit that is designated as a bedroom. So take that at will. I wasn't sure how to divvy that up in terms of if it's a two-bed, three-bed. But currently, we're sitting at 10,533 bed units. So what their plan is, they're planning on an additional 20,600 bed wow. units. Which, so they're going to like triple. And that's not even the maximum based on their ratio that they can use to calculate how much they're allowed. And that's still below the maximum that they're allowed to apply for. Is there a demand for that, you think? For triple the amount of beds? Well, we're seeing about, I don't know, a million resort guests a year right now. This match plan was pretty detailed. I recommend if you guys or anyone else is interested to have a read through it because it's pretty interesting. It goes into some pretty good detail taking into consideration growth of Kelowna yeah. and things like that. And they think it makes sense. And I'm trusting on these guys, you know, they're, they're some pretty smart people doing this. So they think so. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think so as well. Do you, maybe this is a Matt question. Do you think home values will increase or decrease by this? Honestly, the whole time I've been looking at this, I've been thinking that same thing. If you triple the amount of houses, they're coming down for sure. But I mean, if this you, is not going to happen, you, like this is not due by February. Yeah. But right? if you so triple like, the amount of, usable space and you have the customers there like like how much busier though can highway 33 get like i don't know like talking about the ski run or the highway because <laughs> that ski run sucks stay clear of that thing talking about the highway you know like that hairpin already gets a little like i don't know to triple yeah. the amount of people like obviously it's possible but if you so equally be growing just as fast you know like they have their own yeah that's true yeah i mean they're not gonna overbuild and tank values up there right like this is what i mean like obviously they're not going to build twenty thousand units in one shot yeah so like if they do it incrementally i think it could work out pretty well exactly and you can see so if you're looking at the map this interactive model red is what's proposed yeah or new that up there is already built and that's feather top and that right yeah it's already you know those are some nice homes around there. yeah yeah and then what i believe is this is going to be the next area where they're sort of growing this is where you're already seeing a lot of infrastructure be done in the summer, yeah. in sewer, water lines, things like that. So there's a lot of active work in the summer going on. So they've initiated this already. Yeah, like it's they've, going. they've initiated this. And from what I've heard too, this is sort of going to be in terms of terrain that they open up, it's going to be this area. So it's going to be to the right of Black Forest. Yeah. So anyone that obviously listeners that can't see this, it's yeah to the right of the Black Forest and going up towards East Peak. Yeah, so East Peak's there. East Peak's right there. It's funny because when I'm on the chairlift and I'm looking at all this because I've obviously read into this, it's hard for me to see the terrain that's I, deep enough. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Like when you're on that bottom cat track coming back from Black Forest, it's like, it looks like good snow down there, but it's pretty flat. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they, they obviously, you know, they've paid some pretty qualified people to look at this. And if they think so, I'm all for it. I yeah. The more terrain you open, the better. Cool. And then yeah. golf courses. So you said they have two golf courses going up there? Yeah. Looking at a par three and then a full 18, you know, down, yeah. down there. I don't know if that actually comes to fruition. I like the plan for it, but I don't think they're really going to make much money on that unless the demand is really there. 
I think what they're trying to do is compete with the Whistler like model. Yeah. They just get tourism demand throughout the summer and the winter. There's no really a slow season for them. Yeah. yeah. It would make sense if like it was a developer run uh, golf course that wasn't really there to like revenue generate, but more to bring the people in to stay in the mm-hmm. housing. Well, and there's got to be a cost to shutting down, not shutting down the mountain, but like de-staffing to the extent that they do now, right? Like, yeah. And then all the training they have to do. Yeah. Like you're probably better off to try and, even if it's not that profitable in the summer, to have continuous staff and things that operate. Yeah. I think what they're trying to do is just make it as amenity rich as possible in the off season. You know, they yeah. want to offer mountain biking and get that to a pretty established point. Yeah. I think they mentioned something about like ATV sort of, yeah. you know, sort of going out there and then also, yeah, golf. I'm a big golfer. I'm getting into it. So I would be stoked to see this. That would be awesome. Probably be some pretty wicked holes for me to shank off of. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, maybe I could find some of my balls in the wintertime that I lose up there. Most ball advertising, like yeah. just crank some balls with my logo on into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. So what's the most exciting area of big white right now? Let's say like not futuristic planning, but for you, what do you like in terms of, you know, properties that as you like to manage them or for investors to buy? I mean, I think a unique factor, big white, which I read and I didn't know this, but it's considered their current state as they are right now, or of October, 2020 is that every single unit of accommodation is considered 100% ski and ski up on the whole mountain, which the way I look at yeah. it, yeah, I think I could ski there. You know, I don't know if the regular Jerry could, but <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I could get there. Yeah. Get there. Yeah. Yeah. Enough speed. <laughs> yeah, would probably agree. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty unique in that situation. There's not a lot like that. You look at Whistler, they only have a 20% for ski and ski up. So we are pretty unique in that area. If you go to other mountains, I've been to Red, I've been to Sun Peaks, Silver Star, you don't have that same effect where you can more or less get to your front door in some skis or snowboard. And it's pretty unique like that. So that's a major selling factor that I personally like. Although it's, you know, it's big white as a whole, it's pretty unique of getting visitors outside of the regional area to come in. In terms of what I like as a property, I mean, the biggest thing that we get asked is, do you have a hot tub or is it a private hot tub? I feel like that's the biggest. You probably also get asked, has Taylor been in the hot tub? (laughs) It's brand new. Well, they will pay more for that. You know? yeah. <laughs> but that's the biggest one. And, you know, I guess obviously it comes down to size. A lot of people go in either it's a family, two families, or a group of friends. So size is a big factor. But yeah, I like, you know, thinking about best locations on the mountain. Obviously, village is really, really special. But then if you look at the village, we mainly only have condos or maybe townhomes predominantly condos if you want that single family home or larger home you got to sort of be a bit more out but i mean even snow pines snow pines is a great spot it's only a 10 to 15 minute walk to the village on a lighted you know it's not that bad i've seen this guy walk he motors (laughs) it's not that bad like i don't mind it i've on the way back maybe you can slip and slide going up there i don't know it's pretty special that way and i think having that ski and ski out that's a major selling point that I love about Big White. Yeah. You know, you have to walk with your snowboard. You have just to get to the gondola to take you up there, just to go to the chairlift, just to go up. You know, so I think maybe in this whole master fund that we're seeing, there's going to be some of that for sure. But as we stand right now, we don't really have that feeling. That's one thing I love about Big White. I guess like also it's harder with if you have kids and stuff too. Like it's not just 
carrying your own board. Yeah, exactly. Your own yeah. skis. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Well, and to that point, yeah, just to be able to go out for like two runs or something, yeah. bring your kids back for hot soup. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of like revenue up there, I know it's hard to kind of generalize, but what do you see like best return on investment in terms of like you said, larger properties with a hot tub? Yeah. yeah. Let's kind of break it down a little bit to see yeah, if it cash flows. Sure. I mean, it's pretty tricky, just like Kelowna and many other markets for the short-term rental big way could be very volatile you know it's yeah. very up and down summer it's a ghost town or it was before the bike park in 2017 so you're really making your money in the winter but you're also competing with now over 600 properties so it's pretty challenging you know if we were to sort of break it down one bedroom on average you could assume maybe 25k return and it doesn't sound great but you got to keep in mind, a lot of these people may be using it for owner use and they like that flexibility. So their goal is pretty much, okay, let me just try to cover my costs. That's all I sort of want as this investment. Would I recommend Big White as a place where you currently as it stands with the real estate market as it is? Is it a true investment property where you're trying to get a full cash on cash return? No, personally don't think so. And that's the hard truth. I would no. never tell an investor that. That this is a good investors. If you're listening, earmuffs. What do you mean? You told me this was a great investment. No, I agree. Kind of always thought that about Big White. Like I don't think it produces enough cash flow to justify. To me, it feels like it has more legs in some areas in Kelowna for generating revenue. But like if you're buying a say a seven hundred thousand dollar place at Big White compared to a seven hundred thousand dollar condo, and like this is before when we could Airbnb them in Kelowna, I feel that they're actually pretty competitive in terms of. The revenue. Are you seeing properties in Kelowna produce better revenue? That's a good question. I feel like those bigger homes, you know, those yeah. are, but given what's happening with the market, they're not going to happen anymore. But those were some really good returns. That's a good question. I think it is pretty comparable, actually. I guess, like, you also don't know the purchase price yeah. of a lot of people of what they bought in the last couple of years. So it's hard to analyze that. But yeah, like I'm just comparing some $700,000 condos over the last couple of years. And that can be at Aqua, Discovery, Playa, whatever, like all those type of buildings. It's kind of similar. Like you're going to rent it for a long-term rental to a student or something in the winter and then lose a bit of money. And then in the summer, try and recoup that. Yeah. Big White's just kind of the flip of that. But you can't really get that long-term tenant in this. Yeah. So that's sort of the difference. It's still, you know, if you have a downtown condo or in the lower mission, Lakeshore, you can still sell that to a student or to a nurse or something like that for eight month rental or so yeah. and still make, or at least cover your costs in the off season. And then that's where your revenue is in the summer. Big white, you don't really get that flexibility. And if you do rent it out, it's really not for much in the off season. I wonder like where are all the construction workers going to live? Well, that's it. They- You'd probably rent it out. Like I know clients of mine, when the moguls building was getting redone, that's what they did. But yeah. they didn't intend on that. It just happened. And they're like, oh, great. That's perfect. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. They wouldn't say no to it. So there's that chance of that. But relying on that would say that's a little risky. Yeah, for sure. You know, so going back into that one bed, going to say on average, maybe a 25,000. Two bed, 30 to 40. You know, it's pretty hard to say that. There's a lot of factors, you know, like being amenity rich. Does your building have certain things as a private hot tub or a shared hot tub? Where are you in terms of location, proximity, and just the general feel or aura of the home? You know, if it's not given the competition of over 600 properties online, you have to think more now of why should they pick my unit over 
you know, in the same building, that other unit. And you yeah. gotta start thinking about how to compete with that or in the same street. Cause generally speaking, you're going to be competing with people, houses all around you. And how do I make myself, you know, whether it's price, amenity rich or decor and photos, you know, things like that. So that's where we try to help with our owners is trying to help in that way of deciding, okay, what are some cost-effective ways to make us stand out kind of thing. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about Deval yeah. and what you guys do to stand out? Yeah. So we started about two years ago, strictly as a short term in Kelowna and Big White and came out sort of in that aspect of managing short-term rentals. And then went up to Big White and it was a good excuse for me to go up there. I'm an avid snowboarder, so I love being up there in the winter. So you should be in sales. You got your partners to agree on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So I get to be up there. And so we started short-term rentals. Luckily, you know, not knowing what just happened in terms of short-term rentals in the province, we sort of got into the shift of long-term rental property management. We found it to be pretty secure in terms of checking your monthly revenue, like reoccurring revenue, it was a lot safer to be like, okay, let's set a goal here. And like, we can get there a lot easier than the volatile market of the short-term rental. Like you look at this summer, the fires, you know, how much money we had to refund for that. You look at our long-term properties that were not affected or in safe areas, there's no refund. There's no issue with our long-term properties. It was all our short-term and that's where we saw a big, big hit in our revenue. So that's sort of where that idea came from. But ideally, Big White is where we're going to stay as sort of a, you know, a name to be and continue operating up there. Like I said, I love it up there. So I'm going to keep working up there and trying as hard as I can to solidify myself. Yeah. What for you? Where does the name Duval come from? Duval? I mean, that's a good question. There's three of us. So it's me, Danielle, our operations manager, and Alana, who's my sister-in-law. And the name, it sort of just came... I don't really know how. I know there's a link to uh, the, what are the Jaguars in the NFL. There's a big Duval. They say that. It's like a play, I think. But I'm not a big football guy, but I honestly don't know how. But yeah. in translation, it means up the valley. So valley management oh, cool. is sort of what it means. So I think it works with sort of what we're offering is valley full service management is the goal. Yeah. And like you traveled a lot overseas, hey? Yeah. Yeah. My dad was in commercial real estate. So he was sort of moving around a lot for his work. So we had to sort of go where the work was, lived in India, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Sydney, and then back here around 15. I was around 15. It was great. We always had Kelowna as sort of a home base. That's where the family would always get back together and sort of be together. So it was always Kelowna was home. And when we came back here, it felt sort of good. It felt good to be here and finally establish this as a home. and focus on it because there was a lot of moving around. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have spoken to some other guests too internationally and like, what's your view on Kelowna and I guess Big White is like an international city. It seems like it's going the right direction. I mean, do you see it comparable as certain growing cities overseas? Those cities have a pretty big effect when you're in there, you know, you feel like you're in a big city. It's crazy, the population in Shanghai or Hong Kong, even Sydney, Australia. But I was always proud to say I was from Kelowna, Canada, because it was so unique and it was a lot smaller, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And we've seen massive growth and I can see why this is a pretty unique spot. You know, we have those summers and we have those winters where yeah. we can go to Big White or Silver Star. I've always loved it. I've loved it for what it was, what it's turning into. We'll see. You know, who knows? 
based on the 2040 master plan here, but I love it just the way it is right now and the growth that I'm seeing. I'm happy for it. I'm excited. Apart from the province coming in with this short-term rental yeah. regulation, apart from that, everything is pretty boom tickety for me. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Like when I see the interactive map at big white, I'm like excited. I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. But then I guess in the same sense, you're like, yeah, maybe I'll miss the small mountain vibes of exactly. like being able to get fresh tracks. And yeah, it's going to be different for sure. It's looking like what their plan is, is to compete with like a Whistler. And we are the second most visited winter destination in BC. Is the first Whistler? Yeah. Yeah. I would assume so. Actually, I didn't read that, but I assume so. Yeah. So we are in contention and we're definitely behind them in many ways. But, you know, looking at the master plan, it does hit you as well. This is going to be big. Do we know if this actually comes to fruition and how soon? Who knows? It's just more there that they get the approval process for this. So they have the flexibility to choose what direction they want to go, is my guess. You know what's funny is I saw a map of Big White. I don't know. It was in one of the units we were looking at a few months ago. Should have looked at the year, but it was sometime like say in the 70s. And you look at the map and it's not even recognizable. You're like, oh my God, they had four chairlifts or something really tiny. Like we're talking Snow Pines was only built like 25 years ago, yeah. right? Like that's not a huge window. If you look at this thinking, oh, no way in our lifetime they're going to build on this scale. But mm. I mean, in 25 years, they probably already doubled the size of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I think 25 year time frame, this is very possible. Yeah. 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 I mean, the growth, you're seeing the growth already. Feathertop, for example, that blew up super quick. Yeah. Just the amount of construction up there now. And I read something about building permits just in this year for construction up there was around 100 million in cost of construction, which is crazy. I think that's the most growth they've seen to date. And you can see it. You go there in the summer and it's an active construction site everywhere you look. It's pretty cool, but are we going to lose that effect of, you know, that small ski resort? <sighs> Probably. But... Well, I mean, you can't be too small, right? Like, I don't know if you guys remember Crystal Mountain. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. No? Oh, man. So they had one chair and a T lift? Yeah, one chair. And it didn't all end when the chair. Well, yeah, a chair fell off and that was the end. It broke his back or something. I mean, they're really not at the elevation to get enough snow, but that's where I grew up skiing. It was awesome. <laughs> That's on the list. Yeah, yeah. It's just up past Glen Rosa. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess either. And what about Kelowna Mountain? There was a Kelowna Mountain? Yeah. yeah. I heard about Oh, that. I can't remember his name. But he put up the chairlift to do a ski mountain there. It obviously didn't go anywhere. Nothing right. permanent or anything. But it was tried. It was tried. Yeah. There's a lot of risk, I think. But I think Big White's in good hands. You know, it's privately owned. You look at, say, Whistler, previously yeah. purchased by Vail. Vail corporation they buy up resorts left right and center i hope that doesn't happen to big white i've heard a lot of pros and cons about a corporation like Vale coming in yeah i really really hope that that doesn't happen with big white locally owned and keeps it that way because i think they have a lot of plans that will do a lot of good for Kelowna, but also big white itself yeah i'm just bringing up a map of big white in the 1990s I'm sorry, but like, you know, no cliff chair, no park chair. Doesn't look like Falcon or Powder were there. Like Snow Ghost, right? Like they've doubled in value or doubled in runs, oh, yeah. I could say, in the last 25, 30 years. So, yeah. yeah, I guess they're not far off with this plan. No, I mean, Falcon chair, I think, was one of the first. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah. I hope it stayed. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah that is ancient it's scary just hopping on that thing yeah <laughs> on a windy day yeah when we were in japan they had this chairlift it was like a t-bar but it was a chairlift and you just you basically sat on it and there was no you couldn't lean back there was no guard it was just basically you on this little t-bar hanging 30 feet in the air yeah it was spooky any other topics you want to discuss before we jump into our kind of wrap-up round you know if there's investors that are looking to purchase or not investors just people looking to purchase some big white i think just got to be transparent with them i don't think if you're looking for a true return on investment at these prices right now just looking at them now just what i've seen on the market even this morning one of the first buildings ptarmigan in you know like a two bed two bath nothing much to it i don't even think it had its own washer and dryer in unit it was going for just shy of five hundred thousand. that's just what it is right now yeah but you know, if you have that ability to purchase a second home or a recreational home, have it as, you know, a place that you want to use, but also cover the cost in terms of short-term rental, then by all means, go ahead. I think it's perfect. It checks a lot of boxes. But yeah, is it fully ready with the current prices in terms of bringing that return? Yeah, it's yeah. Like a personal investment, but you get a little bit of help to yeah. hold yeah. it. Do you do any long-term management up there? Or is it no, all, it's all short-term? No, we've been asked by leads here and there about that. And we're pretty transparent. That's one thing that we really try to focus on with our clients and just any leads that come our way is just give them our gut feeling. And I tell them we're open to it. We have the ability to do it. But do I think it will make sense or do I think it will actually happen? Probably not. But we will try and we'll do our damn hardest to see. But like, I don't really see the benefit of going long term up there. Like, you're going to make more money on the short term. And yeah, it depends on the property. I went on a real estate tour a few weeks ago and I've looked at some of the properties and some of them, yeah, you can see, look, it doesn't have a private hot tub, doesn't have room for that. But can you fit, you know, 16 people in that house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 16 Australians? <laughs> Pretty. Yeah. yeah, and it's like okay yeah this home you know it needs a lot of love do i put that money into it no right well, should i just you know put as many people as i can in it probably i don't know what that looks like but there's some homes that are set that way and it's difficult right because they're avid skiers you know if you're purchasing up there you most likely you generally ski or you, or you snowboard so why take that flexibility away yeah so it's challenging and i feel for those aussies and the staff up there because it's brutal but big white did build staff accommodation are they not building they near black forest they or? did they built three buildings which helped and then they're currently on the foundation for two more yeah so they're helping and that's great to see but it still just isn't enough they didn't have this issue before 2020 really uh, yeah it was when 2021 real estate skyrocketed up there that was when a lot of these long-term rental owners thought you know now's my time to sell and they sold to Airbnb investors or short-term rental investors, I should say. And that's sort of where you see, you know, I'm not sure if you guys are part of any of those like big white community Facebook groups. Yeah. It's just people looking for homes. You know, they're like, I will sleep on the floor. I don't care. Like, it's just, I need a place to stay. And it's pretty sad. But, you know, the investors, they can't afford to do long-term. It's just unless they pack it in just like that, which isn't ideal either. Yeah, I've seen some of the comments on there and people are like like the Airbnb legislation should also come up here. Like there's, you know, they need to provide staff accommodation. They need to provide long-term housing. And it's like, sure. Like I do have empathy in that situation that does suck. But in the same turn, like if 
people weren't coming to visit. You wouldn't need to have a staff. You would not have a staff. Like it is a resort community. That's all it operates on. That does not make any sense for up there. Yeah. So it's nice to see that the mountain is doing something about it. Will it be enough? Who knows? But it does help. So yeah, I think the flexibility is what people like the most about short-term rental and you don't get that long-term. Cool. Yeah, we're going to dive into our wrap-up questions here. If you could purchase a property in the Okanagan in the next year, what would it be? Probably be a big white property. <laughs> you just said not to buy a big white property. <laughs> For an investment. Yeah, he's like a reverse whale. He's trying to crash the market up there so he can buy in. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be big white. I love it up there and I can see looking at that master plan. There's a lot of growth in the summer and there's a lot of positive work going on around there. And yeah. Before the bike park, that place was a ghost town in the summer. It really was. So where is the bike park? Is it Bullet? It's Bullet. Yeah, okay. It's bullet. Is it where the actual train park is or it's just all down? No, but their like terrain park for the bike is down actually near the uh, tube park. Oh, They have all those. Weird. I don't know if you've seen all the wood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Things they have there. But it's mainly on Bullet. But I think reading into the master plan, they want to bring it over to Rocket as well. It was another chair, but... They want to bring it over that side. So keep okay. expanding on it. I've heard good things about it. Not a big mountain biker. Yeah, scares the crap out of yeah. me. If you fall, it hurts. Broken collarbone for sure. Well, I talk about like biking on a big white. Like skiing is cool. You can bring your kids, go skiing, like you can stay the easy runs. But I feel like mountain biking is like, you're kind of all in, you know, like. Yeah. You know, there's more not really downhill gnarly mountain biking. There's just some trails you can go and they yeah. also offer hiking. So you can get up yeah. on a chairlift and go hiking. So that's for the family sort of friendly area. But yeah, it has to be big white. Nice. All right. What's the best thing you've ever spent money on? It's probably going to be this season. I'm getting really into backcountry touring. So I'm looking at a skateboard setup. That's ideally what I'm trying to get into and will be. It's an expensive setup, so I better like it. Uh, (laughs) So that's probably going to be, I'm hoping for, I'm positive that it'll be my best. What is a splitboard? Splitboard is for touring. So when you're doing backcountry and you're going uphill, it splits sort of into more or less skis and you can walk up Oh! and you put your skins on and you can walk up. And then when you get to the top, you can attach it back together to the snowboard and then go down. Oh, is there a good backcountry from Big White? Like, is that where you want to go from? Or you... There is good. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. I know I have a lot of friends in that industry. I have friends that own their own safety training courses oh, yeah. and things like that so that's also another thing i got to do this season yeah there's some good areas off the back and yeah around that area but there's also just all over the place especially off the highway uh, like rogers pass area yeah that's where a lot of people go and i've heard some really really good stories and i just want to be a part of it but it's also pretty dangerous so that's why you got to sort of know what you're doing and i'm going to try to take as many courses as i can yeah <laughs> nice What's the best book or quote? Best book or quote. It's actually from Jerome K. Jerome. It's one that my dad actually was given as a gift a long time ago from a coworker. And it's one that sort of sat with me. And I've always found it to be one that I've thought about. More of a summary of it is what a boring life it must be for the contented man. I'll read a bit of it. But to the ambitious man, life is a brilliant game. A game that calls forth all his tact and energy and nerve. A game to be won in the long run by the quick eye and the steady hand, and yet having sufficient chance about its working out to give it all the glorious zest of an uncertainty. So it's a bit old English. I don't really care for that part, but I just like 
someone that is ambitious, someone that wants to go out there, that's the kind of life I want to live is one that you're taking risks and not the one that is being pessimistic and really not the one to take a risk or take a chance, certain things. Yeah. Well, you took a risk on us coming on the podcast. So. <laughs> no, I like that. None of us are contented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, Tis the season. What is a charity of choice you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, just to keep it, you know, in the spirit of Big White, Elevation Outdoors. They do uh, a lot of things for kids and sort of, you know, that can't afford to do things like mountain biking or like skiing. Yeah. And they help bring that to you know, kids that can, they think they should not be denied. Yeah, that. I love that. Um, so it's great. Yeah, it happens at Big White. You see them. That's one that I like to see. And it's great because it's showing them a lot of a sport that they may not even consider doing. And yeah. that's something to look forward to or work towards. Where is it based? I believe it's in Kelowna. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I feel like I saw this a couple of years ago. I think that's awesome. How can our listener best connect with you, support Duvall? Yeah, what are you kind of looking for? Painting through our website. We try to make it pretty direct with how to get in contact with me. You can book a call on my calendar, you know, 30-minute call to just talk about whatever, whether it's a question or you have a property that you're looking at, you want to sort of get some, you know, general questions answered or you have a property that you're looking to uh, us to manage. So just through their website, duvalpm.com. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, we'll, been fun. yeah, we'll put some notes in the show notes for interactive map and everything like that. And yeah, thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Okay. Enjoy the season up there. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.